Anchor app, Spotify. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mature Black Female Podcast, you guys. If you are um, on the face, I'm not Facebook Live. I mean, if you are on the YouTube live chat, please let me know if you can hear me because I've been talking. In my last few um, lives, I've been talking for like 15, 20 minutes and no one can hear me. <laughs> Nobody could hear me. So, guys, let me know as you come in if you can hear me. Um, Brielle was here at 207, says, good afternoon, Auntie Tracy. I hope your day is going amazingly well. Not going to lie, I started to miss our conversation um, self is the best care. Yes, I miss y'all too. But I just had to, um, you know, take time out to check out, you know, my intention. Because sometimes you get, you be like, wait a minute, am I really trying to um, speak my message or keep up with the message or messages that are out there for or about black women? You know, you can get you can get distracted easy out here. And these YouTube streets, even in podcasting, because you, you tr- you're trying to stay um, on top of what's relevant. But the truth is relevant, <laughs> period. So let's see. And then Brielle left also a message saying, good afternoon, mature black females. You are so amazing and brilliant. You are some amazing and brilliant women. Oh, that's beautiful. And Brielle, I'm loving my um, lip scrub. Oh, that little brush you gave me, the little brush that comes with the um the lip scrub. Oh, and the lip scrub smells so good. The it's, I think it's um maple and like a salt, and you get this cute little brush um that has two sides to it. And if you smoke or ever smoke, women, this is the best thing for it. I mean, this is like if you have what you call Obama lips. <laughs> tell somebody smoke when you look and their lips darker than their complexion um brielle has a beautiful collection of skincare for um i think black women and black men like um beautiful um butters body butters that are natural and whipped that's what i like about her products they are whipped i mean it smells like whatever you putting on your body you can like eat and even when i was doing a lip scrub i'm like sure you can eat this so, um, yeah, check her out. Um, and Roya first says, hello, chat. Hey, y'all. I hope y'all come back. I see you guys were here earlier. It was a, um, just, uh, what do you call this? The last minute. Hey, Brielle. <laughs> I'm glad you came back. I know this was a, what do you call it, a spur of the moment. That's what I was trying to get. I was at a loss of words. This was a spur of the moment um, live chat. But, you know, um, I I just wanted to check in with my ladies, my mature black females, and say um, that, you know, I've just been working to um, improve my and expand my brand. So, you know, yeah, I'm working on my, um, writing my memoir and um, actually um turning my black girls guide my black girls guide playlist into a book and you know just getting out there and speaking publicly too also to um other black females that could benefit 
from my message of healing and breaking generational curses and leaving legacy. Basically, yeah, I was I was just talking about your um your skincare line, Brielle. There was Kawana. Oh, I got y'all mixed up. I'm sorry, Brielle. You said that was Ka Kawana. <laughs> just going on and on and on i'm sorry i get i'm sorry <laughs> i meant y'all check out kawana's skincare line yeah because both of y'all are like here all the time you know y'all are my day one so i get y'all mixed up brielle and kawana but brielle you the one who always leave a uh, message in the chat for me thank you so much you you never know how much you change my day when i come and i see you know your um loving messages for me man it's, it's 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 beautiful i mean it just uplifts me sometimes you don't think you need uplifting when you think that you're the one that should be getting the message out here but it's like honey boom it takes a village that's the truth <laughs> thank you brielle sorry about that so yeah um let me get the my the house announcements out up front Again, welcome everybody on Google, Anchor, Spotify, and uh, um, live Facebook. Why do I want to say Facebook? Live YouTube chat. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, welcome back if you're returning. And if it's your first time, if you support Black females, um, please like, share, and subscribe. Um, also, watch my Black Girls Guide playlist. Uh, it's on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to YouTube, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mature Black Female Podcast, and give me that engagement on the 16 videos of awareness for black females to help me get my message out there with this algorithm. Um, and also join my Patreon if you would like to support me and bring an awareness to black females. All right. And you, and um, Cash App is on, on the screen if you would like to support me super chat and all that i take okay so um yeah i just wanted to talk about this topic today you know because i i i with my um brand it's about maturing and i just wanted to really really start with the basics because I, I feel like i'm going in a new direction the spring i love spring the season spring because it, it's always it always bring me a feeling of a new beginning it's like one of my favorite seasons because it's like who i don't know why i feel like i don't think i'm waiting to spring but it just always comes alive in me a new beginning becomes like uh, a bit of a fresh air feeling like oh it's spring and then when you think about it when you look at what spring does it it is kind of um refreshing it's a it's a a season of refreshing you know you that's when you hear the birds you see the the flowers blooming it's just it's beautiful it's like yeah, spring forward <laughs> hey today denise how are you let me start putting y'all um chats up thank y'all for showing up hey thank you for coming um yeah, I just took a couple of days off just just to uh restructure and rebrand and make sure that my intentions were right ladies. So, um, yeah, I, um, want to talk about this topic of black women neglect and abandonment issues, because as I was writing my, um, memoir, um, you know, I wanted to go deep and I was like, okay, let me, let me peel back this, um, uh, onion. 
And then, I mean, you you really don't really look at how you were raised. And oh, thank you. I miss y'all too. Oh, let me put Brielle's up here too. Uh, it came in. Hey, she said, "Hey, Auntie Tracy and Radio First. Um, that was Kwan. You cor- corrected me. Yes, it's Kawana. I miss Kawana and cause uh, too. Where's Kawana? Um, I'm surprised she's not. Well, people, people gotta work. Everybody can't work from their um basement like me. <laughs> um, I miss you guys. She said, "I miss you all." Took a break from socials. Yeah, I have. I took a long break from um Instagram. Um, I never really was on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter, but I'm I'm never on there. But I took a break from Facebook, Instagram, and I got on TikTok. But it's it's all just a bit too much sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like it's 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 a distraction from what what I really want to achieve in life. You know, it's good to promote whatever you you're creating, but it's it's to me sometimes it could be a big distraction that causes anxiety. And that's why I want to talk about this topic today, because I think a lot of black women issues um, stem from the way we were raised. Can y'all hear me okay? Am I too low to, I'm just right? Let me know. Um, Yeah, so when I was writing my uh, memoir, um, I was talking about, I had to, you know, of course, you got to talk about your, thank you, Brielle. You can hear me good. Great. Um, You know, because I was like, okay, let me talk about my mom, my dad, you know, how I was raised, my foundation. And when I got to my, my mom and my dad, all I saw was abandonment and neglect. I know that's deep, but it's real. (laughs) You know, if it's deep to hear, just think how deep it is to feel um as your reality because okay my dad i just give y'all a short summary my dad um you know he was a military man he um retired from the military navy man and my mom i guess you met him in the military and um so he lived in florida you know i was raised in atlanta i'm from atlanta atl and you know florida and atlanta is just a couple of hours away from each other not very far at all, right? And um, so my dad had another wife. Um, him and my mom never married. So my dad had a, a, a another wife and another family. Um, my half-brother lived with him. So it was a family, I guess, of three, right? And then um, me and my mom, and my mom had, uh, she had five, but then she, uh, uh, how can I say? I don't want to say gave one away. But one was adopted. My younger brother was adopted by another aunt. And um, let's see. Let me start. Okay, so, yeah, basically. Oh, yeah, Brielle. She says, I'm completely disconnected from my dad's side of the family since childhood. It's real. Yeah, it's real. And I'm like, and then, you know, it gets brushed over. You know, it's like, why black women angry? Why we have walls up. Why do we seem more aggressive? Why do we seem... It's like... I mean, and then they want to um, sugarcoat everything with... If we um, plow through our hardships and overcome them, like we miraculous, miraculous, How can I say? Miraculously do. 
because I'm I just I just see black women as being miraculous. I always did, even coming up. I remember coming of age and looking at black women with more than like one or two children, and they always were well clothed. They were fed. They they their their hair was done neat. Everything. I'm like, how are we doing this? How are they doing it? I don't even. I just I had that insight as a child, and I was like, this is amazing. You know, even how my mom kept us, we were kept. I mean, we had on the outside, but on the inside is a different thing. And that's why I want to talk about the neglect and abandonment because it's not just something you can see on the outside. Like, oh, you can look at a child and be like, look at him. Him, you know, his hair nappy, ain't nobody combed the head. Now, I ain't talking about that kind of neglect. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of abandonment where, where you know, you're... You know, you find a little child, like they do when they find a little two or three-year-old walking down the street and somebody pick them up and stuff. And they're like, dang, what a mama at? Not that. I'm not talking about that kind of abandonment. I'm talking about your foundation, you know. Um, like Brielle says, just being completely disconnected, you know. That's my, that's, that's, that was, I'm glad you said that, Brielle, because that's the basis of this conversation how can you be so completely disconnected from your own offspring you know your own child and you know they living you know they living and i started feeling this i didn't i didn't i didn't peep anything until because I, I guess a lot was going on i don't even remember life at one, two, three, four. I think I started remember remembering life at like four or five, because I remember that's when they had still half a day for um right Brielle emotional neglect. Yes, thank you. That's why I miss you, ladies, and I love my mature black females, cause y'all be schooling me. Emotional neglect, exactly. Um, because we. Black woman, I noticed what we do. We we gonna make it. We gonna we gonna succeed because we we always had to. We've always had to. Like okay, yeah, whatever. I might be a shell of a person, but guess what? We gotta eat. We gotta work. We gotta you know. We just keep going on. But let's peel back the the layers of the onion. Let's peel it. You know, peel back the layers. Emotional neglect. And I didn't peep anything until like eight years old. I remember being like eight years old in third grade, and I was like. Where my daddy? It just came out. I'm like, I'm a little girl in this world. Like, that's when I knew enough about life and seeing families. And, you know, you go to school and you start seeing different things. Like, people have families, mom and daddy. It was normal, this and that. And you just start seeing um, social cues. Like, okay, what's different? Like, and it's like, okay, he do not necessarily, I didn't, he, my daddy didn't necessarily have to live in the same household. But, where was he like by eight years old if I'm sitting by myself saying where is my dad like that's how much neglect and abandonment that I experienced at that age that's huge at eight years old and I'm like because I know I'm like no I got a dad I came from a mom and a daddy you know I'm not five no more I'm not six no more like I'm eight like I had like three years of schooling like I'm like okay what's going on and there was no, no, nobody told me anything. There was no discussion. There was no understanding. That's another thing too. They think children don't understand things and they know females. Um, we have intuition. 
we develop faster. So, I mean, it just should be some allowance to explain common, like, socialization to, to, to black females. I mean, I had no explanation for not having a daddy. Nothing. Nobody didn't say, well, you know, your daddy, this and that and your dad. Nothing. Nothing. And I can count on one hand how many times I've seen my father um, in person before he passed. And he just passed what he passed while I was in. Actually, the irony of it, he was, although he, uh, I felt abandoned by him, he passed, he was on his deathbed, uh, passing away from cancer, looking for me, because I was in, um, I had, went, that's when I had went to Hollywood to do comedy, and um, to do stand-up comedy. And, um, you know, I had cut off all communication with not only him, but my whole family, because they were so negative. Like, they were just so negative, and I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, I came all the way out here. You know, I don't need the negativity from my own family when I got it out here in the world. So I just I just didn't talk to him. And that's when he, um, when I um, finally contacted everybody back after four years, my brother was telling me, because it's me and my brother, the only one who's a year older. We're the only one that has the same, that have the same dad. Um, got a family of uh, five. So he was telling me that he was looking for me and my dad said, oh, um, she went out there to find herself and stuff like that and all that. But it was like, but why we couldn't have this conversation? And like, I tried talking to you on the phone and letting you know who I was. I, I wrote you letters and, and tried to keep that communication. And then, um, like he would send me $25 of $25 money order. That's why I remember mostly $25 money order, $25 money order. And then I remember one time he said, um, you only write me when you want money or something. And I, I thought to myself, and then I told him, too, I said, but wait, if I don't ask for anything, you don't write back. Like, there's no, there's no response. So I had, I guess I was conditioned or learned, conditioned or learned to ask for something. And plus, I needed you, my dad. You're supposed to be trying, paying child support anyway, but... Maybe he did. I don't know. My my older sisters tried to convince me that he was a stand-up guy. Like, he that letter used to come. Because I remember that letter. He used to come to Gold Influence. He used to send y'all um, money and child support. I beg to differ because my mama got that. I, we didn't get it, you know. So, there's still neglect. Because, I mean, I'm trying to communicate with you on the phone as a, what was I? Like an adult? And... I mean, it's like I already grew up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and abandonment issues. And then you, and then when I tried to ask him for money when I was out there in L.A., because I got there in Hollywood, and I was staying in, like, weekly hotels. And before I got this temp job, I was asking him. I didn't even want to ask him because I had already been conditioned by my mom to um, not ask as a child. Every time I would ask my mom, she'd be like, I ain't got it, I ain't got it, I ain't got it. Ain't got it. Ain't got it. Ain't got it. That was all she ever said. I'm talking about high school prom dress, um, yearbook, school ring, um, going to the mall, going skating. Um, just nothing. Like, I had no money in my pocket. Like, I just wasn't given that. Any, I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> I look back now, I'm like, I mean, I would never just send my little girl out into the world with no money in her pocket. And just, you know, shit happens. And it did. But you know, get into that today. But anyway, um, yeah, I um, I I stopped all communication, and he passed away. Um, looking for me. I think my dad said my brother said he was looking through the Salvation Army for me or whatever. But he had passed away by the time that I had. He had just passed away. Right. It was it was like really close to when he had passed away when I 
contacted my family again. And I just had no, he told me he passed. I had no emotion. I, I'm, I still don't have no emotion because I didn't know you. You were a stranger. I can't, just like Tupac said, my, um, I, I, uh, what did he say? My um, heart wouldn't let me cry for a stranger. Something, I, I used to know that phrase because it related to me so well. But really, I couldn't, you're a stranger. I don't know. I didn't know him, you know. Um, I never really got to know my half-brother. I mean, he's more closer to my my brother than me. But it's it's just... It, it was just weird. I don't I don't understand. There was no accountability. It's like you telling me um, as a child when I'm writing you that you only write me when you want some money. I'm, what do you, I mean, why would you say that to your daughter? You know, I'm your only, and the only reason why I asked him for money when I was in LA is because my big sister told me, she said, why don't you ask your dad? You know, you his only biological daughter. And then I was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I do have somebody to ask. I don't have to be out here, you know, in these weekly hotels where they really hold motels. I don't have to be out here like this, you know, trying to survive. Let me. And then he sent money like he sent me money one time. And the second time he sent it, he was like, well, you know, this all I'm saying and this and that all in the letters and stuff. And so I was like, dog, you know, it made me feel guilty for even asking, you know, and the same was with my mom. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. So I was kind of conditioned to not ask, to not feel that my basic needs were su- supposed to be met. Like, like what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it started with that neglect as a child. And, um, yeah, so when he said that, and then and then after that, you know, I finally, because I, I was in the in Glendale area in California, I hadn't, they hadn't made it to Hollywood yet because I had just gotten there. So then I um I made it to Hollywood and I was like so excited. I started doing the the Hollywood the big Hollywood comedy clubs on the Sunset Strip strip and I sent him a postcard, you know, a Hollywood postcard of the Sunset Strip and I said, Hey, I was like, I'm 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 doing the comedy clubs, I'm living my dream now this, you know, trying to share my life with him again. And he was like, Why when I called him, he was like I was still standing in the um in the weekly hotels, but it was in Hollywood, you know. And that was closer to my dream. So, and I had, you know, like a job and everything. So I was cool. And he, he was like, why are you there? And I was like, I'm here living my dreams. He was like, you're too old to be living your dreams. And that was the last time I just cut off all communication. Cause this, that was the last straw. When I told you, when I was younger and I told you, oh, I want to be a model. He was like, they're a dime a dozen. And now I'm telling you, um, I, you, you, he came to my college graduation, so you knew I applied myself. You didn't raise me. You didn't send me to college, you know. And I graduated, and he comes, and he was. We were all after the graduation. We were all at my sister's house, you know, eating and chilling and stuff. And I heard him say something like, "I would date her," and I'm like, "What?" I, I just, felt, I knew that was wrong in the moment. I was like, "That is weird." Like I think he said it like it was a compliment. Like he's trying to say I'm, a, I'm, um. I am attractive, but to me, it was disgusting because I'm like, that's how detached you are from me. This could, just like Brielle said, he was I, that let me know he was completely disconnected from me as being his responsibility. You know, I'm your child. Like, how can you look at me like that if I'm your daughter? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and that that's that's disturbing. And I just that's why I wanted to reach out and talk to y'all. I'm like. It's, if it's just, if I went through this, 
I'm, I'm a lot of other black females went through this. I mean, you know, growing up with 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 parents are in a situation where the adults around you didn't have any accountability, no guidance, no affection, no direction, no responsibility, you know, um, just totally disconnected. So let's open up the conversation and see what y'all have to say. Have y'all had that experience? Like, I mean, it's a lot, but I want y'all to share how y'all feel about this topic. Hey, Tina V. Hey, ladies at work, but listening. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hey, Kawana, we've been looking for you. Oh, shit, I'm late. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I was I mixed you up with, with Brielle talking about, oh, I'm loving my lip, my lip, um, my lip scrub that you gave me. I was telling them your, your skincare line is so amazing for like self-care and self-love is because all your products, you got the body butter, but it's whipped, you know, like it's soft. Like I put on my, I have shea butter that I put on my body, but it's hard and I have to wait till it dissolve and rub it on. And you know, hers is already whipped, baby, go on your body. It going, it going to smooth and you're smelling good. It smell like you can eat everything and it just glistering at once. You know, you feel the quality and the, then the, um, the lip, the lip scrub, oh my God, with a cute little brush and the two sides. And you put that, it's like a honey, it's like a maple and salt. So I don't know, what, but hey, if you got, all I got to say, if you smoke, you got Obama lips and you want your lips back, your pink back, hey, check out Kawana products. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Tina V says, I really wish I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah. I'm so glad that you do, Tina, because I, I would say I was writing, like I was telling the ladies the reason why I um took uh I haven't been live as much because I'm like I'm I'm going in a different um direction and I really wanna just I had to check my attention. Like am I trying to yeah, um be authentic with my message or really compete and keep up with the messages about black women already out there? You know, and I, I was just, you know, through praying and my spiritual um um, it, you know, routine and everything. I just, I, you know, I was just led to say, you know what, ain't nothing wrong with refreshing and it's springtime too. And that's my favorite season. So it's just, you know, coming clean and uh, staying in my lane, you know, but yeah, I, I wish I didn't know about this either. And writing my memoir is, is how I came up with this topic because, you know, I had to write this. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, wait a minute. Whoa. Whoa. At eight years old, <laughs> with my daddy. Whoa. I can count on one hand how many times I've seen. You know, because you don't, we paint a different picture, I guess, so we can get through it. You know, just like Tina V said, I really wish I didn't know what you were talking about. We, we actually just paint a different picture. I don't want to say rose-colored glasses, but, hey. Don't nobody want to go through life feeling like shit. <laughs> um, Shade Denise says, I grew up with both parents, not in the same household, but had both of them. Both of them. Still felt emotionally abandoned majority of the time. I'm 22 now and still feel that way, unfortunately. Thank you for sharing that. Exactly. Because that's what I was saying. I was saying, it's one thing not growing up in the same household. Okay. I understand that. But the fact that you live down the road in Florida and I live in Atlanta, 
and I can count on one hand how many times I seen you, that's a shame. That's a shame. That's that's um extreme neglect. That's extreme emotional neglect. And then when I reach out and ask you for help, you're like, you don't write me, but I'm a I'm a girl without a dad. The least you could do, you should have felt so guilty and sent me everything I asked for. But I ain't gonna send no more. What we, why are you treating me like a a, a a a female that's dating you, that's trying to use you? I'm your child. I'm your I'm your responsibility. That that is some sickness that I had to unfold. I'm like, and then you're talking about out when you saw me graduate from college instead of saying I'm so proud of you. You know, you did this and I, I would date. I'm like, why are you looking at me as a woman? That's out to get you. Are you for you to date? Are you? I don't understand. I'm your child. <laughs> it's sick. And I had to paint a different picture just to get through it. Um, Kawana said, says, if it wasn't for good friends, I would emotion, I would be emotionally neglected. Exactly. That's and that's the important thing, finding your tribe. And that's what why I set out to um that's what I set out to do with Mature Black Female Podcast. I'm like, you know what? Um I was always a good friend, a lawyer friend. I don't know if it's that Virgo side of me, but I just I really do love friendships up with women. Uh I, I just love it. It comes easy, it comes natural. Um but I was friends with the wrong people. And it led me in a lot of wrong ways, you know? So I'm like, no, since I got this experience and understanding the wisdom and therapy, let let me um, provide a space for us to grow, use, you know, for me to use this and for us to share and grow from it and break these generational curses. That's my lane, you know? All that other stuff I was just doing to be like, have something to say, but I'm like, you know what? It's good to check yourself. Yeah, because... Um, I mean, just having no accountability, saying that I ain't got it. That and that came up. I'm like, it's a it's a um big YouTuber. Y'all might know her, Tasha K. Um, that who Carter B, yeah, rapper Carter B just um sued her for saying that she had the H, you know, the bumps, and that she was into prostitution and she was doing drugs stuff like that. And she won the court and stuff, so she got she sued her for like four point eight million. And Natasha K, I guess you know, either she crazy or proud black for me. I guess you know what she's doing. I don't know, but she she is um uh successful, you know, and she started her own app and all this kind of stuff. So she, they told her to take the the videos down that she said there, but I, people are saying she moved the videos to other platforms like her own app and everything like that. So, and then she's selling t shirts saying I ain't got it, I ain't got it, I ain't got it, and I'm like. But she's saying that to a grown lady that sued her that she don't know. I was actually told this by my mom growing up. That's extreme. If you compare the two, that's just extreme neglect and abandonment. Even even when I got home, I remember um, I was saying this earlier and I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I got home. So I was the youngest and I got home from kindergarten that's when we were still doing half a day in kindergarten back in the day and we, you got out by like 12 or whatever so i would get home off the school bus before all my other brothers and sisters because everybody else were, were full day, were at school the full day 
And um, so I would t- I just had insight of saying I looked up at the apartment. I knew nobody went in there. I'm like, I ain't go in the apartment and sit up in there like a sitting duck. You know what I'm saying? Because I ain't had no key. So I guess they left the door open. I didn't know. I just knew not to go in that house. I felt like the house was a trap. So I sat on the curve and just waited for um, one of my sisters and brothers to get home. And I never forgot that. I never forgot sitting on the curb about four or five um, by myself. I mean, I, anything could have happened to me. Anything. Anything. I'm like, what in the... And then they just had no, like, accountability for it. You know, like, I remember one time I told my mom, I was like, you didn't even teach me how to cut my food with a knife. You know what she told me? She was like, um, well, you should have looked around at everybody else and see how they was doing it. It's just no accountability. Even if you would say something, like when I say something, ask my dad for something, I ain't, I, I'm just last time I'm sending you something. My mom, I ain't got it. It's like, if, if that don't fuck with your self-esteem and sense of self-worth, <coughs> nothing will. Uh, Tina V says, situations like that take a lot um, to overcome. Yes. And to heal from, Yes. Yes. And then the hard thing, Tina, is that even before you get to the healing point, you know, I had to like, I'm like 55. I had to, I had to get to what therapy. I had to, um, spirituality. I had to be celibate. I had to do a lot of things on my own just to get to the point of healing and writing my story and sharing it, even creating this platform. So, how many, how many, how many black girls can be this strong enough? And I hate to use the word strong because they, they, they use strong black women in order to put more on us, you know, to have no accountability about um, showing us a lack of humanity to me. Because why should black women be stronger than anybody else? If anything, we should be more protected because of our vulnerability, you know, in this world. Um, but then they want to put, oh, strong, black, strong, y'all strong, you so strong, you strong. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm just surviving, bitch. I'm trying to make it. She says, um, let me finish the rest of your statement. She says, um, situation like, like that take a lot to overcome. Thank you for saying that and to heal from. But you have to heal. Exactly. That is why therapy is so important for so many of us. It's so important. I don't I don't think if I if I didn't go to therapy when I was in LA in my fifties, like a couple of years ago, I in my 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 um I went for a year and it ended and with the I wanna say kind of towards the beginning of the pandemic. But um that's what brought me here to being able to, you know, have this platform um with this direction and this intention and writing my story um, and as a memoir and, sh- and sharing it with the world, you know, to help other black women with awareness because we don't even look back. We don't look at our foundation. We don't unpeel the, we don't peel the layers back to see who we really are and what happened to us. We just keep on going. I remember that. I remember telling white when I went to um, L.A., and I was on an Act Like a Girl podcast uh, with a, a white female millennial. Um, and, you know, we in, interviewed all these um, all these women. And, like, most of the white women, they knew their issues. They were like, um, y'all have food disorder. 
I mean, they inherited these things, but they knew it was a food disorder. They knew they had anxiety. They knew they had depression. They knew they had like suicidal um, tendencies. They knew things because they had been to therapy and diagnosed on prescription drugs. I mean, and like I told her, I said, the point is black women don't, we have never even been diagnosed. We have little to no awareness or access to mental health care. That's the truth. Tina V says, I knew my parents, but after multiple years of not knowing where either of them were, by 12, I felt like an orphan. That is when I knew I was on, I was on my own in life. Mm, mm, mm. And you know what you made me think about, Tina? My, actually, my father... And his sisters and brothers grew up as orphans. And I guess maybe that affected how he felt. I don't know. I don't. I can't blame that. No, I can't blame that because I found out that the son that did live with him, he spoiled. And this was a boy, a man. My brother found that out and told me because he spent time with them in Florida when my my dad was passing with cancer of the esophagus and um he told my brother told me that my dad told him talking about um he don't do shit talking about his son that stayed with him talking about I pay everything for him I pay for his college I pay his car note I pay his bills I'm like why would you spoil a boy like that but you got a whole girl a whole female out here who you just disconnected from emotionally, who you have abandoned, who, who you have neglected, and you have no, uh, um, you just have no remorse, no nothing, until I cut off all communication for four years, then you want to search for me on your deathbed? That's sick. Kawana says, at Tinevi, I'm sorry, love and light to you exactly. We all need healing. That's why I want this to be a place of healing you know, instead of me coming out saying, this is what's wrong with black women. Yeah, we need to do this. We need more of that. We need... Hey, let me just peel back the layers and really deal with the real issues of black women. Because if we leave these issues untalked about, you know, people want to talk about, oh, she got daddy issues. That's where that come from. Oh, she got daddy issues. She got... It's not just daddy issues. It's emotional um, neglect and abandonment, just like um, whether it's a man or a woman, mama or dad, boy or girl. That's sad that you said you didn't you didn't know where they were. Yeah, that's why that's why I was at eight. At eight, I had to accept the fact that I didn't have a dad, and even though I knew I had one, I had to accept the fact that <laughs> okay, having one and not having him in your life, you got to decide which is your reality. You know? And to me, I'm like, hell, he ain't here. So how he going to be a daddy? Tina V says, thanks at Kiwana, but please don't feel sorry. Thank you. It made me who I am, and I survived to help so many kids like me because of it. Exactly, Tina V. And I'm following in your footsteps because that's that's why we went through what we went through. That's what I kept hearing. When I kept seeking healing and spirituality, all I kept hearing was you had to go through what you've been through 
to be who you are right now. And that's what let me let the bitterness away and not be stuck in sadness. You know, that that was my healing, not to be stuck in sadness, you know, because it you can be strong for the weak. And you can bring awareness because, I mean, we need somebody to talk to about this. Why do we just keep plowing through our lives um, trying to be strong? And I remember telling the white girl, because she, she said something about therapy. And I was this before I went to therapy. And I was so proud. Like, um, a lot of black women in the culture. And I'm like, girl, we don't need no therapy. I said, honey, we've been through everything. We already have 55. I'm 50. No, I probably was like, in my late 40s then, I was like, girl, I done been through it all. I don't need it. <sighs> honey, 50 came knocking at my door. I was like, walking into that West Hollywood um, mental uh, mental health department, signing up, um, check me out. <laughs> Kawana says, right on. We arise to become a diamond. Yes, yes. And that's that's why our ancestry, like Maya Angelou said, she just added to it. She saw it. She said, and still we rise. But we still need mental health. But wasn't passed down was that we don't have to be strong like that. Then we get called masculine and aggressive and nobody really knows what's going on with us. That's not fair. That's what I think. I don't think that's fair. That's that's not fair. And then nobody knows why we move a different way, the way we move. Whoa. I've missed this one. Nightmare is real. Hey, Nightmare. Apparently, my father is totally fine not having a relationship with me. And my mother be like, that's between you and him. Shaking my damn head. Exactly. You see that? No kind of accountability. No, That's what I was saying. Teach me. Teach me how to heal. Teach me how to, to, to feel. Well, how am I supposed to feel about this? Come on now. Talking about that's between you and him. What do you, you talking about an adult who is responsible for me and me as equals? That's that between, well, it was between, between when it happened between me and my dad, when I was trying to um, build a bond with my dad and know my dad after his neglect and abandonment, it just got worse. It just got worse. It ended with him on his deathbed searching for me. And he never found me. And I don't have no remorse. And didn't cry one tear at his passing away. Because you were never there. What the? My anger wouldn't let me cry for a stranger. That's what Tupac said. My anger wouldn't let me cry for a stranger. I did know you, man. Didn't know you. <laughs> uh, Tina V says, I finally realized both of my parents were very damaged. Only then was I able to forgive them and then wholly forgive myself for the mistakes I made. This piece of coal became a diamond. Wow. I love that. I realized, you know, my my um um my mom just passed away August and everything and um I really didn't I just even when my mom got Alzheimer's, I just remember being so relieved 
that I didn't have to experience her negativity towards me anymore. I was like, whew, it was just a relief. I got to tell the truth because it was always, she was always like antagonizing me and seemed like attacking me for not being like this person, not being like that person. And, and you need to do this and you need to do that. And why didn't you, it was just, it was just never any affection, um, encouraging. Even when I got my degree, now, I didn't fall through getting kept back. I didn't fall through, first of all, going through being unstable, um, going through like five different elementary schools, three or four different high schools, and getting kept back in 11th grade and, you know, being determined to graduate, not only graduate, but graduate with my class. Um, I went to night school, evening school, and graduated and then applied to college. That came from me being... Um, you know, my spirituality. And I got to give it to my mom. God used her to say, you're going to go to church and get out of my house. So um, I had to go. But it was my conviction that led me to, you know, stay in the church and, you know, learn from the, the you know, the word of God. That's what I put into me. And so I was determined um, to graduate. And I graduated with my class and I went to college and everything. And I remember it took me like, nine years to get my little four-year degree but hey <laughs> coming from what I came from is I graduated when I was 25 but everybody at the time made it seem like I was so like such a failure you know I remember my brother saying when you gonna graduate and my mom was like you might as well just go on and get a job and come live with me you just you know they had no like encouragement no faith in me no nothing and it was it was just it was daunting and then when I graduated with my degree from Georgia State University um my marketing degree. My mom, I remember I had a, a little pocket, you know, a wallet size. Um, I had a wallet size degree they gave us. It was cute. And then uh, the big certificate that you get. And my mama gave me the, like, the wallet size. Some of this yours and the big one to my, this mine right here. But she never, and all I wanted to hear was my mom say that she was proud of me. And she just, she never said, and she was like, this mine and this one yours. This mine right here and this yours. It's just like she took the credit and just overlooked giving me any kind of you know a positivity any it's a whole degree like I'm the your first child your only child to graduate from college um out of out of I don't know about my adoptive brother because we didn't grow up with him but out of four I'm um two of four that graduate from high school I mean hello I mean what's what's going on but it was just like I don't, it was, it, to me, I, I just, I, I, I'm not angry, I'm not mad, but I think in peeling back the layers and telling my story, I can heal. Because then I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm allowing others to see their story and heal from it. Because other than that, it, it, it's not that I'm like mad, it's just that I had to deal with it. Just to, just to imagine when your mom get Alzheimer's and you can't talk to her on the phone no more, you are more relieved and sad. That says a lot. Um, let's see. Um, inside, I'm like, sounds like it's between you and him since y'all got me here. Exactly. Where is the accountability? I mean, no guidance? How are you going to let a black female out in this world? White supremacy. Misogyny. Everything. With no guidance, no affection, no attention, no direction, 
God, hey. And it is you right, Nightmare. It's between you and him. Y'all are the adults. If you didn't want a child, you shouldn't have had. Y'all know I grew up saying I ain't asked to be born. I remember saying walk around because I felt like such a burden. The stress was too much. The stretch was too much. Okay, you said I ain't got it, I ain't got it. Okay, so look, guess what? I was conditioned and I learned to stop asking. But out in them streets, ain't nothing funny. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> if I can't get it from you, I'm going to get it from somewhere. It's just, I don't understand the just disconnection. Oh, thank you, Kobana, for the super sticker. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, nightmare Israel says I've had a uniquely dysfunctional upbringing in 20s it's sad that black women go through so much and are expected to be okay with it exactly thank you for everything Tracy oh thank you guys this is a great welcome back you know because I was like oh I, I don't want to go too long without posting I don't want I don't want them to think that I gave up I don't want to and I just had to be like uh-uh I got to get real with myself. What is my what is my intention here? What am I trying to bring about? What am I doing? I'm like, I'm trying to bring about healing and breaking these generational curses so we can leave legacy to a future generation of black females. They don't have to go through this. Like you said, Nightmare, it's sad that black women are expected to be okay with it. I don't understand the treatment. Why? What did we do? Like, I didn't, I literally didn't ask to be born. I heard white people. I heard white people say that about dogs they didn't ask to be here they didn't ask to be here i'm like wow i'm less i'm less valuable than a dog and you wonder why uh the saying is um what was that bell hooks and what she wrote that ain't i a woman too it's like uh what what do you expect us to see ourselves as with us being shown such a lack of humanity at such a young, vulnerable age. That's why I say we, we are miraculous. We we gotta God God gotta be on our side. Cause I don't even know how we do it. Nightmare says, I'm not gonna lie, it's not about forgiveness to me. Me either. I don't care about that at all. It's about um bettering myself. Yep. And doing what I can to bring awareness to other women. Thank you. I second that emotion. I second that emotion. Because I got to look at it. I'm like, I didn't even cry when my mom passed away. I love my mom. I got her um ashes and her little thing in my picture. And I burned that beautiful candle. That Kawana. It smells so good and everything at night. And, you know, I see her face. I, I want to leave, um, you know, um, honor her legacy and everything. You know, because she had a lot of good um, qualities too. But my thing is, I got to get better. If it took me to just 50, that's over. That's almost half of 100, half of my life just to get to therapy, just to get to healing. I can't be worried about forgiveness. I got to worry about my reality, you know. And what's going to better me, what's going to heal me is bettering myself so I can help, like you said, bring awareness and healing to other women. Because, but I understand the forgiveness because some people need to forgive. You know, it is certain situations I need to forgive to heal. But that's my mom and dad. That's not one of them. It's not, I never, I never hated them. I spoke bad about them because I never understood it. I'm just now coming to the point where I could put it all on the table and say, wait a minute, this happened to me. 
Um, Nightmare says, Tracy, this topic is my speciality. Woo, I could speak on this for hours. Well, see, I, look at God. Look at God. Because, thank you, she said, thank you for having these hard conversations. Thank you. Because I was like, okay, what to do? What I talk about? Because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really getting to the, I'm not really getting to the heart of what I want to do. So that's why I had to be like, wait a minute, let me, let me check myself. Thank you so much. This is so much of um, a confirmation that I did the right thing. And I thank you, ladies. I just thank you. It's not about, you know, the, the frequency, the numbers, it's just that it's about the, the um, consistency of the truth. That's what I'm, I'm concerned about. And building from there, that's what we need in our lives. We have had so much misdirection. And then like like you guys said, and we and black women are, are expected to deal with everything. And then they just put a label on top of it. Y'all strong, they strong, they strong. They, no, we're not ox. We're not oxen. We're not animals. We're not I mean, y'all they, we gotta get that image out of people's head. We strong, we strong. No, we are human. Why are we expected to be stronger than other humans? Ain't our woman references. Oh, Sojourner Truth. Thank you, Tina V. Because you know I got it wrong, but you know I remember that. I, ain't I a woman? Ain't I a woman? Look at our ancestry. It just comes back in our soul. It just come out of my soul all the time. Because I remember in, being in Hollywood and, you know, working all these these jobs and get, getting on stage every night and doing comedy. Because in L.A., you do comedy for free. And unless you're on the East Coast and Atlanta in New York or whatever, you don't get paid when you get on stage. Like when I was in Atlanta, when I first started out, I was getting paid. But when you go to LA, it's about the industry. It's about going from the stage to TV. Like you can literally go from stage to a movie, your own sitcom. So that's what they, that's what they <laughs> bargain with. I mean, this it's been a, a big thing about comedians protesting back in the seventies. Even one um, white comedian jumped off the hotel next to the comedy store um, onto the, off the, off the hotel, onto the comedy store and committed suicide, um, protesting. So they protest, on, they've been protesting everything, but they just don't, I mean, they'll pay you like $60 and stuff like that, but not enough to live off of. So you, you doing all this, this working, these, this hustling, and then you got to stay on stage. You got to stay on stage because you got to write your jokes and you got to, um, get your jokes tight and be prepared for the auditions, the opportunity. And I just remember in the highest rent, and it, it, I just remember saying, I'm a human being. Damn, I'm a human being. I could, it was just it was just too much expected. And then people always talking about, that's why I don't like when Will Smith and all the people talking about, I will outwork you. You're not going to outwork me. Just work hard. Don't give up. Just work hard. And then you turn around and be like, nah, y'all was fucking. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Y'all was fucking somebody. It ain't that. It ain't that. You can't work no harder than what I worked. Stop the lies. Stop the lies. I ain't saying he fucked nobody up, but I'm just saying there was a lot of fucking going on. And as you can see with Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, um, Bill Cosby, um, I can go on, on, on. R. Kelly. It's it's a lot of fucking going on. Okay. Shoot. Stop it. Stop lying. Um, Nightmare is Real says, a few years ago, I opened up to my mother and she continued to, to talk at me as she smoked her cigarette. <laughs> I just had a vision. I'm sorry, Nightmare. I got, a, I got something to add to that. My mom's cigarettes. 
It said she continued to talk at me as she smoked her cigarette and nastily said things to my older sister instead to me, instead of to me. I was standing right there, just willfully ignoring you. That's neglect and abandonment. Even though my presence is here, you will not acknowledge it for fear that she going to see her real self. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look, it ain't no damn mystery. You are the adult. I'm the child. I'm your responsibility. You have no accountability, period. My mom used to tell me, the reason why I laughed at that cigarette thing, my mom used to be talking on the phone after she didn't, she because on the weekend she worked, like five days a week. Then on the weekend, you know, on Fridays I come home and all I saw was like clothes, um, tags, you know, from clothes that she bought to go out. That's all I used to see on her bed, like, oh, she been home because I got, I see that she got some new clothes. And then on the weekends, like on Saturday and Sunday, she'd be on the phone talking to her friends for hours. That's how I got these voices. Because she'd be like, and she said, and she think I'm going to go with that. And she's talking about, eh, and I said, I ain't going to that. And so, you know, I'm like, I know that come from her, me imitating other people. But she'd be like, go light my cigarette. Here, go light my cigarette. And that's how I started smoking cigarettes. I'm like, why you tell a little girl to go light your cigarette? And then we had it like a gas stove, so I had to puff it. It wasn't like it was... It was electric, I'm sorry. It wasn't like it was gas, so I could just put it in there and light. It was electric, so I had to sit there and puff it. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Nightmare is real, sis. I call myself trying to bring us closer together. She's a lost cause. I was even calm and patient. I did everything right, and it still didn't work. Thank you for sharing that nightmare. That's how I feel exactly about my mom. I tried. Anytime I try to get closer with my mom and build a bond, it was like, okay, go, go take, go, go get, um, write this, she'll write a check, a bad check. And she had already been picked up from her job from writing bad checks. I'd be trying to spend a day with her, chill and everything. And she'll write a check like, oh, go in, go in there and take this in there and go get that. And I'm like, what? You know, it was always something. It was always something that could hurt me. It was never, you know what I'm saying? So... I understand you say a lost cause. You just got to tell the truth. You just got to tell the truth so you can heal. And that's how I feel. I said nobody would never understand that I was more relieved than concerned when my mama got all the time. So I was like, finally. Whew. I don't have to call and hear that voice. You ain't in it. You ain't in Well, you ain't in it. I'm like, why am I attacked? All I'm doing is accomplishing my goals. You know, it's just, I just saw the hate. I just saw almost, I remember when um I had my fibroid surgery in L.A. In Hollywood, and she came out there, and um, she find, that's when she finally said that she was proud of me. She was like, I'm proud of you. And you went to a big university and all of that. And, and Gwen, that's my cousin, she said, that's a hard school. It's always about somebody else's opinion of me. It was never, she never had, um... A positive opinion about me on her own. Never, oh, you pretty, you know, you you smart, you did never. It was always somebody else's, and she, she always compared me to other people, and um, I was just my self esteem was just damaged, and I was just ready to heal. I was ready. I was. I, I wanted to. That's just like keep going to a fire, and you keep getting burned. I'm. T I don't want to keep getting burned. So I understand nightmare. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's a lost cause. All you can do is try. You know, and, and, and it didn't work with me and my mom either.
And I don't feel guilty. It is what it is. Tina B says, gosh, I literally cringe when people say you're so strong. Me too. It make it feel like you're about to suffocate. It's like you don't see me. You don't see my humanity. And you know, to add to that, I remember being in California, Hollywood, and the comedians, um, I was popular I was popular with the comedians, and they were always, it was a thing, they would imitate me. They'd be like, do Tracy, do Tracy. And they, what, they would, what they were doing was imitating my exhaustion, me being tired, because I would be like, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, dang, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. And people with other comedians would be like, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Mature Black Female Podcast. To hear the rest of this episode, please log into my YouTube channel, Mature Black Female Podcast. Like the video and share, and I'll see you guys in my next video. Thank you.